0: What's up my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today, doing a little, uh, another solo host. Uh, as you guys know, last I'm, I'm in full on lockdown, which has not been ideal, but I've been doing a lot of things to occupy my mind. Um, on the bright side, tested negative for the coronavirus. Feeling great, spirits are high. I've been doing, um, since I can't go to the gym or anything, I've been doing this uh, Insanity uh, with Sean T, who I fucking love, uh, but it's been kicking my ass, and I think it's, I find it very interesting that just bodyweight exercise, running in place, jumping, doing all sorts of crazy things has absolutely kicked my ass. Um, and other than that, I'm just cleaning, uh, finding little projects, and uh, slowly going and saying, really, do miss um, being able to get out and have fun." Uh, the fires have subsided, which is nice, and we're back to clear, yeah, clear blue skies in our lovely state. Uh, so that's been nice, man. I was I was surprised at how much the smoke affected me. I Had a sore throat, <clears> throat> yeah. and that's why I got tested. I was super paranoid, I got
1: corona. Yeah, I mean, but now smart. it's just a smart. What's up? I said that was smart for sure.
0: Um, oh yeah, and with with me always is my trusty dusty, town guy, Demarco. What up? Let's friends. go. Dude, what have you been up to, man? How, how how is it being free and being able to go out and do things?
1: Oh God, um, I mean, like I let's say I only had like maybe two full on mental breakdowns during that like what, what did it end up being? It was, uh, about 11 days or so, just about 11 days. It, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it took a hell of a toll on me. I didn't really expect it to at first. Um, because you know, at first it was just like, Oh, it's fun. And then like, Oh shit, the fires might actually get here and then work through that and everything. But then, you know, toward the end of it, I was like dealing with some pretty heavy, like claustrophobia feeling. and. Like, cause like, it's like, okay, what do I do to like, relax myself? I go outside and go hiking or I go for a long walks. Okay. I can't do that. It's toxic. Oh, I go exercise. Okay. That's great. But I'm also having trouble breathing inside. So I guess I won't do that, you know? So, and it was, it was a lot of trying to trying to do stuff upstairs. I have a two story apartment and there's no airflow upstairs. So it was just like a lot of really stagnant hot air for a way too long. So it was pretty brutal but got through it. Um now it just since then been just trying to, you know, get back in there. I'm, I uh started the day before the smoke got here. I kind I started doing that 75 hard thing that you had done. Yes. And I had yes. to I had to stop after by like Wednesday of that week because the smoke was so bad inside my house that i was having trouble breathing like it was i was basically not in pain breathing if i wasn't sitting still and talk not talking so it made it really hard yeah. so i'm restarting officially tomorrow um so what, i'm i'm what, looking forward what to diet that
0: did you,
1: what diet? uh i'm just doing What diet did you choose i'm doing just like a high protein low carb diet so kind of like pay, uh, paleo but i'll still do like small amounts of bread kind of more like mediterranean i guess
0: yeah, dude, just do the Mediterranean diet. Dude. Yeah, just, that's... Just find find one... The reason the reason I'm pushing for you to actually pick a diet is because then there's no leeway. Right. right. And that, that is going to help you organize your mind and, and keep you on a straight and narrow. And uh, because it's easy to kind of to, to fall off the wagon and eat a little bit too much. So that's why it's incredibly important for you to actually pick a diet and stick to it. Yeah, I'm going to look um, up some resources dude, for it today. To, uh, yeah, I'm dude. I'm so excited for you to start this journey, though. Yeah, like, and so we had some technical difficulties, so we we lost our spot. But uh, we're we're trying a, a new recording app to kind of bring the sound quality up. Uh, so bear with us, folks. We'll be Demarcos on it, and and I think things are improving. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for you to start this journey, dude. It is a long and arduous dry, dry, grind. Like, but in the end, it'll be worth it. It's totally changed my mental outlook. It got me back into reading. I've read several books while I was on it. I just finished shoe dog the other day. And if you haven't read shoe dog, it is a, of that one. a memoir. It's a memoir by Phil Knight and it goes into how he started Nike and it started out being a blue ribbon shoe company. And then mm-hmm. I think in 1972, they filed as Nike and uh, it's it's an incredible story about a bunch of incredible people from our state, and you can learn a little bit about the history of the University of Oregon, which is a sham and a mockery as, as a proud <laughs> Beaver. But it's uh, it's interesting to to learn about Coach Bowerman and just the ingenuity, mm-hmm. uh, craftsmanship of their shoes. And honestly, honestly, man, I might be shaking Adidas and going back down the Nike really? train. It inspired, it inspired me, yeah, man. I've it inspired I have. Me a lot.
1: I have stopped, I don't, I, it's not that I don't wear Nike. I still have like several Nike shoes and stuff and a lot of Nike clothes, but I've mostly gone away from, uh, Nike products only just based on design, like my design choices or design preferences. I feel like their designs have, especially their shoes have just gotten so stale over the past, like five years, maybe that Adidas has really, really gone well above where they are.
0: I was team Under Armour. Like, I love Under Armour apparel, and uh, like that's pretty much all my workout shit. Mm-hmm. I don't really like any of the rock stuff as of yet, but their Under Armour shoes suck. Yeah. Uh, but Adidas, their shoes are dope, and I bought a pair of the Nike uh, trainer shoes. I can't think of the name right now. They're super dope. They're high tops. I, I love those. Nice. But, I don't know, man. I just like that. That kind of inspired me to really kind of – when you learn kind of the history of – the company and what Phil Knight went through and it even addresses him losing his son, Matthew Knight. And, um, just the type of person, the type of drive that he had to mm-hmm. succeed. And the fact that he never gave up was very inspiring to me. It's a very good read. That's good. And now I'm reading, now I'm reading edible plants. Oh, cool. Foraging. Dude, it's uh, Chanterelle's. These mushrooms are about to start popping up. Yeah. i go out and collect.
1: I've got a friend that I used to work with that uh, is, he's a big hunter, but he's a really, really big into mushroom foraging. And oh, yeah. uh, Becca is, she loves mushrooms. So I am hoping that he, he told me last year that come fall that to get with him and he would take us and teach us how to mushroom forage. So I'm pretty stoked because I love mushrooms, especially eating and cooking them. Dude,
0: it's dope, yeah. Yeah, chanterelles are absolutely delectable. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely. That's the only kind of you're hunted for. I wasn't able to make it out for morels this mm-hmm. uh, this spring, but evidently there's gonna be. Since these, one of the positive things about these spires is there's gonna be a shit ton of mushrooms. Oh yeah, they're popping up morels, chanterelles. it's gonna be wild. Chicken of the woods, um, lobster mushrooms. Lobster mushrooms are definitely these the are just best. C- I haven't had, I haven't had a a lion's mane is going to be coming up too. I found a bunch of those. It's, it's, it's great to get out there and forage and I'm super into this book's really dry and it's going to be hard. I'm also reading the uh, black Swan by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And that's kind of has to do with, um, I'm not reading that one. I'm actually listening to it on Audible. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has to do with, unforeseen events and like risk mitigation. It's pretty interesting, pretty technical. I'm not 100%. I'm going to have to actually probably read that one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to look at the tables. but like as far as it's, it's freaking me the fuck out a lot just <laughs> because we – As human beings, our hardware is pretty flawed when it comes to thinking. Yeah. And this guy explaining that, it it explains a lot of the flaws in the medical industry. It freaks me out. Maybe it's not the best book to be reading right now, but or listening to, rather. But But, yeah, it is a good book nonetheless. But I mean, man, like, um, it's, this has been a, it goes on. Like, as we've said before, this year's been, shitty but personal growth wise for everyone in my life it's been one of the best but now I'm I was officially on the shit train I hated this year but I'm looking outside right now and it's sunny the skies are blue and I can breathe the air and I'm just pretty thankful for that yeah you don't realize how
1: much you miss breathing until you just it's it's troubled it's hard to do like in your bedroom with the windows closed
0: yeah, my brother my brother is delivering a bunch of hay and supplies for the farmers and he's also picking up collections he's been doing that all weekend and he really threw himself into uh, helping people during these times so it's been mm-hmm. it's been interesting through him to see how many people band together and have helped bring a lot of good in our, our region, man. It's been, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah. That part has been nice, especially like when like down here, you know, we were not directly affected by the fires, but we were getting like, uh, in Corvallis, the Benton County fairgrounds, and then, uh, over in Albany, the Lynn County fairgrounds, they were using those as evacuation points for, um, all the people out in the mountains. And there was a a lot of people doing, Uh, like can drives and clothing drives and food drives and everything for them and setting that up. And there's a local uh, charity that's been going since the pandemic started called it's on us Corvallis that sponsors once, once or they've been doing it once or twice a week uh, since March, I believe or April. And they just stopped to reorganize, but they've been, they started up again to start doing where they had been sponsoring uh, like three or 400 meals at uh, a designated local restaurant and people could go and just get them if you needed them. And they, they shifted to now, they got like 30 restaurants around town to make a dozen or so meals from each one and bring them to all the evacuation points for all the people that need food. So they at least have like fun food to eat not just, you know, like canned chili and stuff.
0: Yeah, man, that'd be, that's sick. I'm so happy to hear that so happy dude have you been watching these uh do you watch the ufc yesterday no i didn't <sighs> how was it it was fantastic uh colby covington d- destroyed tyrone when he got a tko in the, in the fifth round tyrone Woody, um broke one of her fractured one of his ribs and he he was on on top of them and kind of hit them and then he screamed out in pain and they had to stop the fight jesus as devastating for me because tyron is uh one of my favorite was one of my favorite fighters of all time and uh he's been on a three fight skid and I think that he's going to have to hang the gloves up. It's been really, I'm real, real sad about that. And then Colby went off. He's like, he, I mean, he's the heel of the UFC and I kind of love the guy just because yeah. he talks so much And he's like really double down on that whole MAGA type oh, deal. God. And just, dude, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's, is it's he hilarious. just playing heel
1: like, uh, sorry, I'm adjusting my microphone. Um, is he oh, just playing heel just to, just to play heel? Or is that actually his persona?
0: Who knows, man? I think he's probably doing it just to play heel. Yeah. But at the same time, he was going to get cut until he developed this character. Mm-hmm. And then he called out LeBron James. He's in the news right now. Oh my he's, God. he's all about this. Like like him or hate it, Like, if you can draw an emotional reaction yeah, out of any type of person, you're winning, and you're going to get fucking paid. And that's yeah. what he's a prize for, and he's doing his job. I mean, that's – and Conor
1: uh, McGregor figured that out real quick because he's – uh, pretty quantifiable human shitbag, but he's a hell of an entertainer.
0: He's, a, he's an amazing. I mean, that dude cost me money. Uh, <laughs> if you asked, if you asked me before the Khabib fight, before all the shit talking started, who was going to win, I would have told you. I told. I told everyone. Khabib, this is an easy fight. It is ridiculous stylistically. Khabib's going to smash Connor. Mm-hmm. But as the fight grew closer, I started to believe in him, and I and I knew. <laughs> I was being an idiot, totally unrational, But he talked me in, because I'm an idiot, to yeah. believe. I was like, "Dude, this guy's gonna win. He believes in himself. I believe him. I'm putting money on. I couldn't help my, I, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself." Uh, well, that was the one thing and, I don't. Uh,
1: I don't follow UFC much anymore, just because it's it's pretty difficult. Like I don't have cable. I we have uh, YouTube TV, so I can watch like ESPN and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, it's that extra cost of like that. So when I, I got ESPN plus when it first came out thinking like, oh, shit, I can watch UFC and it's five bucks a month. But it's like you have to have that. And then you also have to pay the pay-per-view on top of that. It has been tough to oh, we're almost it, you know, and I enjoy it when I have watched it. I really enjoyed it. But that's what stopped me from following it was just kind of like the ability to access it and watch it but when I have watched it I did really like it the but like you were talking about Conor McGregor that's the one thing that when I did watch is as a fighter I really enjoyed his he had kind of like a a weird mixed style but his cardio was always like on another planet compared to anyone he was fighting that even if he couldn't like outpunch someone oh. he would just run them around the ring until they you know until they just dropped.
0: I'm going to have to disagree with you there. His cardio is really not that good.
1: Oh, really? It always it's seemed like bad. it was good before.
0: No. No. no, no. Nick Diaz, or Nate. I, don't know if I one think it's Diaz. It Nate Diaz, yeah. Nate Diaz has some of the best cardio in the game, and he drug him into deep waters. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have bad cardio. He doesn't have really good jujitsu either. He's got a lot mm-hmm. of holes in his game, but he's got a fucking left hand that will knock anyone out. He's got the kiss of death on that yeah. left hand.
1: Now, keep in mind, my perspective on that is, like, years behind modern UFC. Yeah. I haven't watched UFC regularly since, like, probably 2016.
0: I'm a, a freaking junkie. I can't get enough of it. I don't know why. I just cannot seem to get enough of the fight game. Part of it is because I've done martial arts mm-hmm. in my life. I was getting back into it. I did Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So there's, I have a, a very basic understanding of actually what's going on. And just that I think that they're the ultimate athletes, man. They're the ultimate athletes. Yeah. They got to they be in some of the best shape. And it's just, it's interesting to see what works and what doesn't. And it's the ultimate proving ground. And to watch the evolution of martial arts from the UFC or from MMA, really, mm-hmm. has been a, a joy for me throughout these years. And uh, who doesn't like seeing someone get knocked out, man? I'm not yeah. going to lie. That's always fun. Um, yeah, I've got a lot to look for. Yeah, Mike Tyson back in the game, dude. I'm definitely buying that Tyson's fight. Tyson's
1: fighting? What?
0: Uh, oh, my God. Tyson, isn't Roy like, Jones Jr. Isn't Joker he like 65? Fighting. Dude, he's 53. Okay. okay. He looks, dude, dude, look at the train. I mean, I'm 87% sure he's on a bunch of shit right oh, now. Oh, you know he is. <laughs> he looks like a fucking freak. Dude, I, and I don't want him to test for anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... he he put out a training video and you should pull it up when you get a chance of him just hitting the mitts he's going he's going crazy and then he did an interview uh with joe rogan and he said after that sparring session or that training session he said he couldn't get out of bed for a week
1: (laughs) yeah i could uh, i could see that
0: it's been really interesting to watch him uh from his first interview on the jre um where he was talking about he had no desire to strike, no desire to work out. And he he was getting kind of fat. His wife told him to get on the treadmill (laughs) and he didn't want to, he didn't want to train at all because he didn't want to, to, to flare up his ego. Mm -hmm. So he gets on the treadmill. She's like, just get on 15 minutes. He was on for two hours. And the next thing he starts looking for a fight and then he's, he's sparred And he said he got, he got hit and he was afraid that, uh, when he got hit, he'd be like, "What the fuck am I doing? Like, this is ridiculous." And he got hit, and his his voice, his ego is like, mm-hmm. "You belong here." Yeah, it, dude, it's uh, I, I I need to read the book that his t- former trainer, now deceased, Cusinato wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's so much that he's a fascinating character. People think that he's dumb, but he's a fucking genius. Oh yeah,
1: I mean, is, in, a, in a weird way, I'm sure that he's like he's always seemed like. I mean, as good as a fighter as he is, he has to be like brilliant when it comes to fight game. You know? I don't I don't think you can be that good at anything without knowing that subject like backwards and forwards.
0: There's so many different ways to measure intelligence. It's something it's always like there's 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 like idiot savants that are really good at one thing. And Mm -hmm. I've always wondered like where my intelligence lies. I feel like maybe it would be more on the like emotional, like the EQ level, the emotional yeah. intelligent quotient. Or I think that that's where I excel at and just knowing human beings and being able to talk to people mm-hmm. as far as IQ, probably fucking very average on that. Yeah. Have you ever I done one of those,
1: have you ever done one of those personality typing? Like the, like Myers Briggs kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Done all those tests. Yeah.
1: Man. I've done, I, I did, I did a ton of IQ tests uh, when I was a kid, because having learning disabilities, they make you do those to try to determine if you're just stupid or if there's something wrong with you. Um, and they, they tested me several times and I don't remember, it was higher than average, but like not anything crazy, but, um, I don't really put much credence or thought into i uh, IQ tests just because it feels like it's a very narrow band of like what you're testing to see if you're good at certain things, but you know, it's more, I feel like it's more relevant to do like the, the personality typing to an extent is good because it can kind of give you an idea of what you are good at and what you're comfortable with so that you could excel in those areas versus just like, okay, you can do math really well. Congratulations. You're really smart. You know,
0: I wish I could do math a lot better. I think my life, my scholastic life, would have been so easy if that, was, <laughs> that subject came easy for me. Yeah, I, was, I used to hang out with a bunch of engineers and just be in awe at the amount of math that they had to take. And one of them was like, "Dude, you got no idea how easy this shit is for me. But what you do, I can't. You always want what you don't have. Yeah, really. At the end of the day, so
1: that's always been my experience too. You know, so, and like in school, I think. When I was originally doing fish and wildlife science, there was a pretty, like, you didn't have to do a lot of math, like high math, but you had to take statistics. And I never got to uh, statistics, but I took the full, you had to take a ton of chemistry. And part of it was you had to take the full one year Gen Chem sequence and you had to pass everything with a C, or no, with a B minus or better. You couldn't be less. And I could not get, I was able to pass the first two sections fine, but I could not get a, a, I got, the best I did was a C plus in the third section. And most of it was because of the math. I have dyscalculia, which is, um, it's like dyslexia, but for numbers. So it makes doing a lot of really? heavy math pretty difficult. Um, but you know like I did that and I, but I couldn't do it so I dropped out and I decided to, to do music but we still had to take a math class but I took a, like a I forget what it was called but it was like practical math like everyday real life math like doing percentages and interest and stuff like that like relevant things to your life and I think I got like a 90 something in that which you know in terms of like normal math I'm good but higher math like no thank you I can't I've never been able to make the connection
0: I hate it I always hated that shit, man. Mm-hmm. I always hated it. You don't really use it on a daily basis unless you're like a quant or something, or yeah. an engineer. Yeah. But it, what I do, I don't. I don't really need it, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I could, I just pay someone to do it <laughs> for me. Yeah, so right. I mean, accountants or whatever, I always hire a good accountant. I'm not doing that shit myself. No yeah. way. No way, no how. No, we know how. Um, dude, but I'm just I'm super jacked, dude. I, but there's a lot of, been a lot of good NFL games going on yeah. uh, recently. You watch any today?
1: I haven't watched any today. Um I've been I watched a bunch last weekend and I've been watching college football mostly. Um NFL I tend to like I'll watch the Seahawks games if I can catch them if I'm not busy and then watch like whatever the like the big game of the day is, but for some reason, the pro, the pro, I will say in the last few years, the pro game is starting to become more interesting to me. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: I always, I've always, I mean, I grew up in college football since my dad was a college football coach most of my life. So the pro game becoming more and more like college football, uh, has been really nice because it's more akin to the style of football I like watching, but. Um, I did watch. Uh, oh shit! Who was it? The Rams game last week. Cause my dad is a Rams game, uh, Rams fan, so he's always watching them. Um, but didn't get to see the Seahawks yet. I know they play the Patriots this week, and I'm really interested to see that because I know that um, between was it uh, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson are the only. I just saw the stat are the only two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have thrown for twenty thousand yards and run for four thousand yards, which Whoa. It's pretty cool. It should be a good game and I'm I'm curious to see how Cam Newton is going to do in uh in New England's system. I feel like he might it'll depend because Belichick is really good at uh adapting everything to his game, but they just always have shit tier receivers no matter what. They just can't get good ones and if they get good ones it's like Antonio Brown, they go crazy or Randy Moss they just don't do anything with them.
0: Um <laughs> 3D was crazy, man. They did well with Randy Moss. Yeah. But I will say this, Bill Belichick, so far has adapted to Cam Haney's completely changed the offense, mm-hmm. and he's really good at coaching players, which a lot of people haven't seen. But if you look, he was rude and ruthless on Tom Brady, right? Which got oh, yeah. old after 20 years. That's why he left. Yeah. But that brought out the best in Tom Brady. And he, Cam's a, a sensitive guy, a lot of ego. And if you've noticed the way he's treating him, he's just doing nothing but praise. Yeah. He's not going to publicly shame him. That's not going to bring out the best. Oh, he no. Cam, yeah. Which to me is just, this, I mean, you always knew this guy was a great coach, but it's mm-hmm. like he's a fucking psychologist as well. He's a 100% a psychologist.
1: That's what makes him such a good head coach, is the fact that he can do that. Cause that's, you know, like, they always like it. There's no, there's no real allegory that a lot of people think, like if you can be a head coach, it means you're a great coach. It just, it doesn't necessarily, it means that you're a really great type of coach. Um, especially having been around coaching a lot because I've known head coaches that are terrible coaches, but great head coaches and, you know, coordinators or position coaches that, you know, probably have the coaching chops to be a head coach, but they don't have the, like the psychology, uh, like, aptitude or the people management skills that a head coach, especially a professional coach, because it's all ego management. It's, it's not a whole lot. Most of the position coaches do a lot of like the, the legwork of working on technique and, you know, getting schemes, right. But then the head coaches, it's a lot of just, it's, it's mostly like, it's, it's a lot, it's a very akin to being like the CEO of a a company. You're involved in like really big decisions, but the day-to-day little things is all delegated
0: Dude. Yeah. Hey, so with my free time, free time, I've done a lot of like scouring of the internet. Mm-hmm. I've also been on Reddit a lot, which has been very dangerous. They <laughs> yeah. just curve that a day. Not good. Uh, have you heard of the Battle of Blair Mountain? Battle of Blair. That was
1: in, was that, wasn't that the thing in West Virginia when the coal miners struck they or they went on strike and they fought the coal company and then the National Guard got involved and they almost beat them until the National Guard called in air support and ground artillery. isn't that?
0: Dude, I can't believe you know about this. I'm very impressed. I, right now. I didn't know about yeah, that about until about fairly
1: recently. so
0: was the largest labor uprising in the United States history and the largest armed uprising since the American Civil War. The conflict occurred in Logan County, West Virginia, as part of the Cold Wars. I had to, dude, I didn't even know that this fucking existed. It occurred in late August of 1921, man. Yeah. All of Appalachia. Yeah. Who, who would have known? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember I read about
1: that fairly recently cuz it had it got brought up in some discussion I think on Twitter that I was reading. Um, about just pertaining to all of the, the protests and the riots recently about just kind of everybody spewing the same kind of thing. Like, you know, like violent protests don't work and then be like, well, you know, here's a very good example of when violent protests against the state work very well. And that, as far as I yeah. recall and understood from that situation, they would have won had the air national guard not been called in because they didn't have planes. Yeah.
0: It was it was wild, man. I, I had no idea that that occurred. But I I, I liked it when you talk. I talked to my mom or some of the older people, and like I've mm-hmm. never seen it this bad. I was like, Are you fucking high? <laughs> yeah. We have a long history do you not remember the Detroit riots, the riots in Harlem? Do you like, it, it, honestly, what's going on right now is actually very mellow to yeah. what's occurred in the past. Yeah. And it, it just even re, really reinforces my theory that we, we're a fucking species with amnesia. And we just for, seem to forget the past. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's a I, reason I that phrase,
1: the, there's a reason that phrase, uh, Oh no, no, I'm not remembering. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. It's just, it's like history is a cycle that it's like a, 150, 200 year cycle that at the beginning of every cycle, everybody forgets what happened, except the people who like are actively involved in politics or even just the people who have a passing interest in history or politics. Um, You know, like you, you named all this, like, like another perfect example of the Stonewall riots from like the Stonewall riots are what started gay rights and started the whole gay rights movement. You know, it, I don't, I don't personally buy the whole, you know, nonviolent protests. Don't do anything good because that's bullshit they do you know there's a reason why most countries start because of violent uprisings you know it 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 matters what the people are doing and what they're focusing on but just the fact that they use violence doesn't just completely erase anything that they're doing
0: i had literally no idea about the stonewall stonewall riots june 28th 1969 yeah to july 3rd of 1969 yeah no idea. The riots were a series of spontaneous violent demonstrations by members of the gay community in response to a police raid that began in the early morning hours of June 2019. So that's crazy.: mm-hmm. That's so. nuts.
1: I think it had a lot no, I, I'm not 100 percent is- sure too, but I think it had something to do as well with uh, rent prices in rent prices and the rental market that was going on in the neighborhoods of New York, where it was predominantly gay people that lived there. Um, that they were being priced out. I might be confusing this, the actual Stonewall riots with the plot of rent as well, which is a really shitty play.
0: I think you might be doing that. Uh, Yeah, I think
1: I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like yeah, that's a perfect example.
0: Uh, hold on. So I'm just, uh, for such reason, I'm to flock to gay bars and clubs, please. This is a refuge where they could express themselves openly and socialize without worry. However, New York State Liquor Authority penalized and shut down establishments that served alcohol to known or suspected LGBTQ individuals arguing that the mere gathering of homosexuals was disorderly. Dude, it's just so fucked. Yeah. Like, uh, that we, we would do that. But I think, I think, I think think that we're going or getting back to, is a better way of putting it, to I might hate what you say, but I will fight tooth and nail to to have you say it, right? Hopefully. I think hopefully we're getting back. I did get upset, though, because I was driving, um, just driving around to mm-hmm. leave the house because I'm freaking out, <laughs> Yeah. and I saw a bunch of Trump supporters, right? And then I saw another person that flipped them off, and I right. was just kind of like, we got to let's, let's it's, fucking bring it back. I like it, so that they the situation with Trump is that. so hard.
1: The situation with Trump is so hard just because it's not, I, I don't know. Like I go back and forth. Like I agree with you. Like people need to give them leeway because I know people that voted for Trump that aren't bad people that voted for him because he liked certain policies of theirs. But I don't know. It's the, the types of people that are out like protesting for Trump are yeah, I just, I get bad vibes from it. It just feels like there's always bad vibes coming Dude, from everywhere.
0: Your, your vibes don't matter, man. They got a right to do that. I, think oh, yeah.
1: it's I mean, play. I don't think they should be shut down in any way uh, or prevented from doing that. But like, oof, they're, I don't want to be around them. You know, like they kept doing that shit in Portland where they had the, um, the Proud Boys came through, which are like a very well-documented uh, white supremacist gang that organized that. What do they call it? Like it was like a parade where they started in Calakamas and then drove through like all over Portland and through downtown just to agitate people and ended up causing a massive riot that then one of uh, a Trump supporter, I think, got shot and killed. I think that was the the guy that got killed a few weeks ago, um, but they were driving through downtown in pickup trucks like shooting people with paintball guns and mace from their cars and. Um, not -hmm. not great um that no you know not to say that the counter protests have any been anything but squeaky clean because i don't know i feel like they've lost the plot at this point they're just out to riot they're not really fighting the state anymore they're just burning like trash cans and breaking windows and shit it's they're not really accomplishing anything more
0: yeah i've stopped paying attention to it i didn't even know that the the, uh proud boys were a thing yeah super interesting there's what shit. There's so much shit going on. but I don't know. I don't pay attention to that. Like I've, I've been saying, I've just been journeying within. Yeah. Uh, this lockdown has really forced me to continue the journey within. Yeah. I, I missed out on a, um, every year I do this thing with some of my best friends, we, we call it friends weekend mm-hmm. and we normally rent a cabin at a location. Sometimes it's on a lake. Last year it was on a beach. And you just rent the cabin, and you just kind of go there and drink and chill out, maybe do some fishing. And yeah. There's kids now. Some of my friends are having kids, but it's just been great, and that's been was my plan was just to have this gathering every year around this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I wasn't able to go, man. That sucks. The uh, thing that I started is was over, so it was uh, shitty. First year I've ever missed it, but at least they continued on the. The tradition. That's good. I so, mean, you'll
1: get back there next year too. I'm sure.
0: You know, they better fucking have a handle on coronavirus by next year. Cause I have so, Gosh, some of my homies. At this rate, very, man, I don't know. i <laughs> taking it very see, I haven't seen one of my best friends in the, since this started, he is just, well, that's not true. I saw him once. Yeah. Um, but he just, doesn't do anything I'm like, man, good for you i can't i still need to get out yeah i'll just wear a mask he's even anti that i don't get it but whatever some people i get it that's the
1: mask thing i think is the most difficult part of the anti-lockdown thing that i can't understand like i can make the the mental leap to academically understand like people who are against the lockouts for you know business reasons or for you know Mostly for, it seems for business reasons or for like, you know, parents need to be able to go to work and they don't have anywhere to have their kids and they don't, they can't afford childcare. There's just not childcare open. So they have to stay home with them and, you know, they either have to go on unemployment or they can't work or it just screws with things. But I I just, I, I can't understand the whole like masks are violating my rights because it's really, I just don't understand why it's a big deal. I, you know, I started like when the lockdown started, they people weren't wearing masks or saying you should wear masks until probably like, it was like what mid April, I think. And before then, mm-hmm. you know, I was going out maybe once a week to go grocery shopping. And I started wearing a mask, I think two weeks in or so, because I had read somewhere that in Europe, uh, a lot of places that were wearing masks were having lower in um, lower instances of infection. So we started wearing masks and, Did that, but then, you know, and then the mass, I mean, the mandate didn't start until what it was probably almost June, I think, or may that that blows my mind that it took that long for people to be able to just, I don't know, just do it. And and I, and I think my problem too is seeing people they can't make the leap between it's not about protecting yourself. It's about everyone protecting each other and trying to stop spreading it, whether you have it or not, that, yeah, I just don't understand because we're not that many. We're what three, four generations removed from World War II, where literally everyone was working towards the same goal as a country. Like, what the fuck? You know, it's not that hard. You just well, wear a the, mask.
0: The thing is, is it's sort of an invisible enemy, yeah. right? And people are having a tough time linking a little vi- a virus to like. It's almost a threat of the unknown, something you can't see. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have propaganda that'll, you know, paint dehumanize the enemy and that's easy for everyone to get that's the that's the quickest way to unite people yeah. is to have a common enemy. Well it's right? so just it just you know, our, our tribal
1: nature. Right. It's weird too because um during the Spanish flu epidemic There was very like people wore masks and it was very it it wasn't actually as far as I understand, there was a very high, like higher than now um, compliance rate with wearing masks. And people didn't just throw fits based on like it didn't become a political thing, like the belief in the virus being a thing was not a political stance, which now it seems like it is for some reason, which I, I don't understand.
0: But I don't Here's it. So yeah, outside of masks, man, I get it. They fucking suck, but yeah. I'm going to wear one just like, just make people feel comfortable. Yeah. And because I, I believe that it's the right thing to do, right. It's not that big of an inconvenience. However, like when I wasn't locked in, I do a lot of walks to parks and I've seen a lot of fucking litter caused by the mas- mm-hmm. masks. That's our next big problem yeah. for sure. Yeah. But what I was, another thing I was alluding to, and I may have lost the thought, um, I lost the thought, it's gone. It's gone forever. Um, no idea it'll come back.
1: It'll I have noticed on on the topic of litter, that is something that I have noticed that you know, Corvallis is not that big a town physically, and it's normally very clean. And there's not litter people are normally very good about keeping. But since this I don't know if it's just the the general mental health of Everyone is much lower than it was before, given the circumstances, but there is so much more litter and trash everywhere. And um, I think one of the big problems too, is that you have all of these places that are trying to survive by, especially restaurants, by doing curbside pickup or takeaway, but not letting people stay inside, if at all, then just, you know, a moment just to get their stuff and leave that none of these places that have outdoor dining have trash cans too. And there's no trash cans out because everybody panicked at the beginning of uh, the pandemic when, and they still are doing it. And I don't understand why, because it's been pretty proven that, you know, outside on surfaces, it doesn't survive. But for maybe a few moments, Um, they've taken away, you know, trash cans, closed water fountains, all of that. You know, there's no trash cans for people to throw things away. So it's no wonder that it's getting, you know, trashy, so to speak.
0: Yeah, this is what I was actually trying to get to. Can you believe that there are people that actually don't think that this is real?
1: Yes, I can. Unfortunately, yes, that I can. That blew
0: my mind. Come on, man. It's definitely fucking real. It's like, I don't... I mean, I've personally been... Yeah,
1: and I think I think it takes... Like, it, it, it takes, I think, having been affected by it personally or come close, like, have a close call. Like, your. You know, your possible infection is the second time that I have potentially been exposed to it, That like known, been exposed to it. Because when I was working, before I stopped working and before the lockdown started, um, my Starbucks that I was working at, there were 2 coworkers that I worked at or worked with regularly that were being tested and potentially had it because they were so sick and were for like for weeks and had costs that wouldn't go away and everything. And thankfully those came back negative on both of them. But yeah, I, I mean, even before then, I don't know if I'm just like a hypochondriac more than most, but it's like, I don't want to get sick. I've been sick before. I've been really sick. Like when I was a teenager, I was constantly sick for years. And thankfully, since I, you know, have been like probably for the last 10 years have been really good with my health and taking care of myself and exercise and eat well, I haven't gotten super sick Barring like the occasional like cold or flu or like last October where I'm sure I either had COVID or I had some sort of SARS because I like feel like I nearly died. Um
0: Well you can find it out, man, just get the antibodies test.
1: Yeah, I need to I don't know how to. The everything it feels like they're only rationing those to people that have been exposed.
0: Yeah. We've got enough tests. Just go and you can get it two ways. You can donate blood as well. If you donate blood, mm-hmm. they test your blood for antibodies. Okay. And they'll let you know. It's a free way to get it done, man. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. If I mean, your bloods, they're gonna want your blood with the antibodies. <laughs> I'm sure they'll study. Yeah. Have you ever given blood before? I have
1: never. I'm not opposed to donating blood. I've just never had the opportunity. But I'm. I would.
0: Only person I've ever met that has not donated blood besides myself. I've never done it. Really? Never done it. Any no, reason? I don't know why. No, fucking no reason. Not afraid of needles or anything. I've just mm-hmm. never done it. They always did those blood drives at school and I was like, fuck it. I'm
1: do it. Yeah. No I've never it's I've never actually it. been around um outside of like, you know, when I was at, at OSU, they'd have a they'd have that blood drive they did every year for the Civil War. Outside of that, yeah. i I have never been around like closely to a blood drive being done other than just like, you know, driving down the street and seeing like an American heart association van or whatever, uh, you know, collecting blood, yeah. but it is something I would be open to doing. I don't, I don't even know. I think we've had this conversation on the pod before. I'm not even sure what my blood type is because I know my dad is, oh, he's the univers He's a universal type. So there's a good chance that I am too. Uh-huh. So it would probably be good to know. So I could do that if I was.
0: Dude, I'm a, if I was a bad man, I would say I bet I would bet that it's uh, AB positive.
1: I don't. I have no idea what. I was gonna say I have no idea what it means either. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know. God, no, I just feel stupid. I, I have know, no right? <laughs> no fucking clue. We can. I have no idea. Maybe.
1: yeah but that that is something i would like to know if there's a way if it is easy enough now to get an antibody test i would like to do it because i would like to know you know like last october i was really sick for about three weeks really sick for really 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 sick three weeks and then took probably until nearly christmas to fully like feel like i was fully back to almost full strength where i was just like super sick and delirious for days and you know laying in bed because it hurt so much like i could feel the cartilage between my ribs move and it was like having daggers put in me um i I never i had like the the other thing too is i've had lasting lung damage because i've had to use an inhaler quite a lot since then and before then i hadn't used an inhaler probably over 15 years so yeah. that's what worries me is like, cause if it's COVID, it was bad, but you can survive. And if that wasn't COVID and it was just something and COVID's worse, I do not want to come 10 feet close to catching that, you know? Yeah.
0: No, dude, that might knock you down for a while. Yeah. I knocked my roommate down for six days. No fever. Yeah. No fever, just uh migraines, mm-hmm. a light cough, and, did um, she have any of like the really? loss of taste or smell lost all sense of taste and smell that's wild I
1: see I can't remember I'm sure I would remember that if that happened I remember having trouble smelling but I attributed that to just being like having like sinus things so I can't say for certain if I had that but i I know I didn't lose my sense of taste because I would have remembered that but
0: I would, yeah, I would not want
1: to lose my sense of no, taste. No, that would stuff. be that would be scary. I know somebody who um lives in Kentucky that tested positive just recently, and she lost her sense of taste. And
0: I, me you know, I would enjoy that, but I guess I would eat super healthy things. Like oh yeah, the things I most hated in my life, <laughs> which I can't. You know, not very many vegetables that I don't like. But mm-hmm. dude, if there were ones that like food, I Instacart that bitch them. to my house. I'm getting it fucking in, you know. I just, I would hate to lose all sense of taste or smell.
1: Yeah, that Without would be food, so disorienting.
0: I'm a member of the Church of the Chubby. I started that <laughs> shit. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, now that was uh, one of the more, you know, you mentioned Instacart. That's one of the interesting things that I'm kind of the trends that have gone with this that I'm hoping stick around is more places offering pickup or delivery for stuff. So, you know, yeah. if I don't want to go grocery shopping, I can just order it and pick it up, you know? And it's really not that much of an issue for the store to do that because they have to hire more people and then they make more money, you know?
0: hell yeah, yeah. Which is, which is, yeah, it's, it's been, this is completely flipped. Uh, our logistics upside down Mm -hmm. and the way that we conduct our lives. There's going to be some very long lasting changes from that. I think that people are really going to be untethered from location because most of us working online or from home. Yeah. And I think that's really exciting. Um, I think that, there's a chance that you could see a lot of restoration in places such as Ohio or Kentucky, because it's so cheap to live there. Yeah. Um, outside of people, not maybe really not wanting the political climate, but Mm -hmm. you can move there by property and a house and work from home and just really live your, your best life.
1: Yeah. If you wanted to close friend of mine, actually, just within the last week or two, we were talking and he had mentioned that he's a music, uh, music engineer, audio engineer, just like I am. And he was chatting with, he used to work at a music store that was in town here. And he was chatting with uh, a guy from Sweetwater. That is, uh, Sweetwater is a huge online music equipment and uh, music equipment seller. And they're based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he was chatting with them just about gear because he had bought gear from them and they were just calling to see how it was. And they kind of like half offered him a job in he lives in Portland right now and had just moved to Portland about, let's see, he moved in spring of 18 or like January of 18 and lived there for about a year to work, to move up there for another job. And then he got let go two weeks after I did in March and the, he worked at a car dealership there. And by June, his layoff became a permanent thing because they just closed the car dealership completely. Um, And so he's been talking about like taking that seriously and maybe going after it. And, you know, we were talking about it. And it is kind of wild to think that it's, you know, I moved out here because I wanted to live in Oregon. I wanted to live in the Northwest. But, you know, this situation and having also lived here for six years has really changed my mind about like, I still want to live here, but fuck, it's so expensive. You know, thinking that you could move to Indiana. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I have never lived in Fort Wayne. But where I used to live i I personally hate indiana i it was not somewhere I liked. I didn't necessarily like the people I didn't like the area didn't like anything about it um but it's so cheap there. You can buy in a in a city a decent house for like a hundred and sixty thousand dollars and rent oh, rent places is you know like a two bedroom townhouse is probably like maybe nine hundred dollars a thousand dollars a month whereas like here it's like probably closer to fifteen sixteen hundred a month like it's insane that it's just it sucks that this place is so expensive because it's just so nice
0: yeah dude it is well I mean that's part of you paying for the location I'm, I'm really curious to know like what is what's the next like downturn in the economy? And uh, kind of what are the long-standing implications for this virus? Those are are some of the things that I've really been thinking about lately. But I kind of want to maybe do a little bit more deep diving into the the potential ramifications for the state of the world and how that's going to affect things in the future. I mean, no one obviously knows. I'd like to kind of think about that, brainstorm, and see if you could strategically position yourself. Oh, I mean, take advantage.
1: you absolutely could. I mean, anybody who is good at business or especially at, you know, that kind of thing, corning markets, it's just a lot of it is reading charts and looking at trends, you know, like it just I don't know. It, it, I feel like the coronavirus just hastened a lot of things that were happening already because, you know, yeah. the economy like I know that people keep saying that the economy was doing really well, but I just don't buy it. You know, I I mean, there are so many metrics that they use to measure the economy that they changed after like right after the 2008 collapse when the real estate market died to be able to manipulate the the numbers to make it look like there was a better recovery than there was. I'm not 100 percent convinced that the economy as a whole now, maybe markets. I know the real estate market rebounded big time, but that's pretty typical. But I just don't feel like you know, I think a better thing that, you know, they've talked about like wage wages and wage stagnation. And, um, you know, we've talked about to uh, a couple shows ago about, you know, social class mobility between, you know, uh, wealth brackets, so to speak. And that has since, since a little before the 2008 collapse, but definitely at least since then has gotten the gap between say the top, you know, they always say the top 1%. I hate to use that word because it just annoys me. Mm-hmm. But like the top 1%, the bottom, you know, 99% or the bottom 90% and then that little gap in between used to be like within probably 5 to 10% of each other. And now it has grown to such a huge huge margin that the top 1% of the bracket owns an overwhelming percentage of the wealth in the country and worldwide for that matter. Um, that I think it's just, that it's just going to keep getting worse and it's going to keep getting bigger. I mean, you look at like, you know, like personal wealth is not a good, um, indicator of that, but things like, you know, like there are, you know, billionaires, not just like you ticked over a billion, like, you know, like what did Jeff Bezos make? I think in, he made like $30 billion in the last six months just from the pandemic and valuation from his company being the only company that was big enough and able to even, you know, be capable of handling all of this shit, you know? And it's, I I don't, I don't foresee it getting much better. I know for a long time, I read, I remember reading a lot about them saying that the commercial real estate market was the next market that was going to collapse. But I don't know if that ever happened. I think that that
0: one, no, that that one makes sense. with a lot of people working from home. I think that, that if I was going to hypothesize, it would be the, the that market would collapse because mm-hmm. most people are working from home. So we don't they, they, don't, need they don't really need commercial real estate. If you especially though know, me and my company, it's mm-hmm. all online right now. All yeah. I do is send emails, talk on the phone, and and track things. Right? With yeah. The software system. So we don't. I don't need to be. Mm-hmm. in the office so commercial real estate might be going down the ship
1: i think that's a very i think unfortunately i think the biggest thing and i was kind of hoping at the beginning of this that it would be the opposite of this but i think what's happening and what is going to continue to happen is that it's going to just lead to not necessarily wealth but i think market share consolidation in every market the only people that are going to survive this are the biggest and the the Biggest reason as to why that I feel like is that there are so many small companies and small businesses and restaurants, especially in the service industry that were let down by the fact that the federal government created this situation by not responding to the virus properly, not having consistent policy and then enforcing lockdowns, that there should have been some sort of support mechanism to back these people up. And my mom has been dealing with this because she's an accountant, a tax accountant for a lot of small businesses. And She's had so many instances where the money that has been given out, like the feds say they gave out so much money, the banks just hold on to it and her clients will apply for it and they will just find the pettiest reasons not to give it to them. Or they just come out and be like, oops, sorry, we gave it all out already. And they won't say, they don't, they don't list who, and you know, they've talked about you know, in the news, it's been very prevalent about all these massive companies that have applied for small business loans. The companies that are multi-billion dollar companies that don't need the help, they can handle it. It's just, you take a hit to your share, your share price for a minute, you'll be fine. But these people that are like, you know, eight table restaurants in small towns that are literally like, they're, I think one of her clients was down, most of them are down at least 70% year over year. And it's, They're barely surviving. I mean,
0: but you know those large corporations. I don't know if they're a lot. I don't know anything about this, so I'm speaking purely out of ignorance. But you can't not not afford to take that loan. It's such a good interest rate that you're an idiot if you don't do it.
1: I mean, from a business stance, yeah, you are right that you would be an idiot not to take free money, basically. But in the sense that... I know you're not advocating for them or anyway. Like it just it. I also don't. Have... Go ahead. Sorry, we're having some latency issues. So continue.
0: <clears throat> but I also don't know if there are like large corporations like that are allowed to get that loan. I don't know. I don't. I, that's me speak. I, I haven't looked into it, so I do, I do not know wh- if they're allowed to get it. But if they are, as I I can't and I can't speak to
1: specifics to. or or certain. But I do recall that. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is still recovering from the smoke um that there were a lot of really <clears throat> oh my God, really big companies that got money that didn't, and the fault doesn't necessarily fall on those companies because, like you said, from a business stance, it's stupid not to take free money at a low interest rate that you can pay back whenever that you got it. The fault lies on the small business administration the the treasury, the federal Reserve, and the federal government for allowing them to apply and approving them because they don't need it. The people that need it are the small restaurants that employ like three people. And that's one, like one family's whole livelihood and then the people who work there's whole livelihood. And they're already working on such razor thin margins to begin with that a forced situation like this just destroys any sense or any possibility that they could be successful.
0: Definitely. But, you know, and one of my issues with the whole lockdown was people should be allowed to take a chance. And also, if you if you notice, our politicians aren't fucking not making any money. They're getting paid regardless. they are telling people to stay home. And that's a big fundamental problem that we're seeing in our leadership is they're not willing to. do. You have photo evidence of Nancy Pelosi getting uh, her (laughs) hair blown out, wearing a um, a, a mask. I mean, it's just ridiculous that they feel they're above the law and that they could they can order people to do something but yet don't want to follow their own instructions but yeah i mean to be honest man i want to end this mm-hmm. on a positive note okay. and that is we always just get so crazy i love it um next week we're gonna have a guest i'm excited we're gonna interview someone that's won a few national championships and we're going to delve into what what type of behavior and mindset that takes mindset is everyone friends um you can control very few things in this life but you can control your attitude you can control what you put in your body and the effort that you put into something outside of that you're fucked but if you control those three (laughs) things if you can master those three things especially your attitude and your mindset you're unstoppable that's all i got for you guys thanks for listening you guys have a glorious day see you later